listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with me, Jade Elliott, where we talk all things pregnancy, children, and parenting. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health. You're listening to the Baby Your Baby podcast with myself, Jade Elliott, joined by Dr. Lane today with Intermountain Healthcare. And we are talking about the oh-so-ever-important topic of sleep. Thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me. So sleep strategies for pregnant moms. It's nice to know that there are some strategies out there because it can get, um, it can get challenging at times. Um, yes. It can be harder to sleep when you're pregnant, whether that be early on or later, you know, closer to your delivery. Um, of course, pregnancy can make you more tired. You're growing a human, so that takes a lot of energy. Um, mm-hmm. But with that, we can be so tired and yet still have such a hard time getting a good night's rest. Um, what what can you help us through in regards to some of the challenges and then some of the strategies to help pregnant moms get better night's sleep? So the first thing is sleep hygiene. That is true for all of us, whether we're pregnant or not. There are uh, strategies to help get your body ready to go to sleep. And so things such as having a regular bedtime, so your body's used to going to sleep and waking up at the same time can be helpful. Uh, making sure that you get some form of exercise every day. Obviously, at some points in pregnancy, that's uh, not as easy because of either morning sickness or physical discomforts, or maybe there's a medical reason you're not supposed to be more active. Um, But some physical activity can be helpful. Uh, Minimizing use of any backlit items, so that includes our phones, iPads, TVs um, for at least an hour, better if it's two hours before bed. Lowering the lights in the hour before bedtime can be helpful. And doing something that is a relaxing wind down activity um, so that you're reading a book or taking a warm bath or something that um, helps your body get the signal that it's time to wind down. Some people also find that using meditation or mind quieting techniques can be helpful because one of the things that is sometimes hard for people when they go to bed is that their body is ready for rest, but their mind um, is still very active. And so practicing mind quieting techniques can be really helpful um, to help your brain also fall off to sleep. And it will kind of continue to change throughout the course of the pregnancy. Um, because of course, baby's getting bigger, baby's getting more active inside. I know for me with my son, um, early on, very, very early on, I didn't have a problem sleeping at all. I was, I was tired, I was ready to go to bed, it was easy. Um, right. And then as he grew, he decided that my bedtime was when he wanted to have dance parties. Yes. It's very common for people to report increased activity later <laughs> in the evenings. <laughs> I mean, the nerve, you know? Yes. And so... I think that... 
sometimes babies are kind of like they're being rocked all day long when you're up and active and then you settle down and then they kind of wake up and are more active and yeah. it can be really disruptive to sleep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and then you also kind of go into, um, you know, you're having to wake up more throughout the night, maybe use the restroom more throughout the night so your sleep's being disrupted. Um, and then I know for some women, myself included, um, and I had, I've, I've talked a lot about my pregnancies on our podcast, um, and I, my, you know, my pregnancies were easy, but my hips were sore, and that would affect my sleep. Uh, whether it was sleeping on my side or my back, whatever I was trying to do, um, my, my hips would be really sore, and I had to try to figure out how to work around that, whether it was um, spooning a giant pillow it, and positioning it in different ways. You know, what do you recommend for women who maybe go through some of those things? Right. So let's start with the aching hips and physical discomforts. Absolutely. Having extra pillows in bed um, to tuck in either between your legs or under your belly or behind your back or all of those at once um, can really help alleviate some of the discomfort. Uh, late in pregnancy, it's hard. Hips are really achy as the joints are softening uh, and preparing for delivery, which is good for your body for delivery, but not good for everyday use and especially um, frustrating at bedtime. Um, you can uh, do something like take a warm bath before bed. That can be pretty soothing. Um, if you have any uh, muscle tension, that can worsen your aching. Uh, when you get in bed, stretching can help with that too. So a lot of women have back pain in pregnancy and stretching is really helpful for that. And so um, stretching before bed can be helpful. Now, it doesn't need to be a dramatic stretch. It should be a relaxing stretch. So you don't, you don't want to injure yourself by stretching too much and then being more achy. But a gentle stretch would be good. You can use medications such as Tylenol. That's a common, um, you know, fairly safe medication in pregnancy. Um, and then some people use Unisom or Benadryl, which are over-the-counter medicines that are commonly used in pregnancy and um, can help people with sleep. And some of the other things... In terms of... Mm -hmm. Some of the other things, though, that can cause some problems, um, it's, it's kind of some physical things, heartburn. Um, of course, if, you know, if we're experiencing any sort of morning sickness that goes well past the morning, you know, we experience some of that nausea late at night, even sleep apnea or leg cramps. How do we kind of get through some of those physical causes that disrupt our sleep? Right. So if people are having heartburn, uh, most women can take Tums to help with that. You can also use other over-the-counter medications such as Pepsid or Prilosec, Nexium. Those are all reasonably safe medications for pregnancy and definitely evening time people have worsening uh, symptoms trying to avoid acidic or spicy foods and also stretching out the time between your last meal and bedtime is helpful so trying to eat earlier in the evening so your stomach is less full at bedtime can be helpful some people find that certain positions are more comfortable for minimizing heartburn you know elevating the head um, a little bit just 
positionally can reduce how much reflux is happening. Uh, so that's another thing that people can do with pillows is position themselves so their heads up a little bit more. I basically just created a fortress around myself with all the pillows. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Often husbands don't have much room in bed near the end of pregnancy. Yeah, because, exactly. <laughs> uh, the, the room that their wife needs for comfort. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's emotional reasons that cause us to have disruptive sleep and, and make it more difficult for us to sleep. And you touched on a couple of them um, just a moment ago, talking about how our brains just don't shut off and we're, we lay in bed and all of a sudden our bodies are tired, but our minds are wide awake. Um, you talked about some of that kind of, um, you know, brain relaxation and meditation. What are some of the other things we can do in regards to kind of those emotional stresses or emotional reasons why we're not sleeping. We go to bed worrying about things that we are uh, thinking about for the future. And in pregnancy, there are lots of things that are going to be changing in the future. And so it's more common to have a lot of thoughts about that. So using uh, that time maybe before bed to read about what to expect and maybe do some journaling so that you can get information so you feel more confident and secure and also a place to write down your thoughts so you don't have them spinning in your head can be helpful. There are long lists of things that people are trying to get ready for the arrival of baby and keeping a list of those can help you help you at bedtime not go spinning through trying to not forget those extra details that you're thinking about. So having a little notebook at the bedside table could be helpful for just jotting that down so you can let go of it. I mean, that's just a good reminder for any sort of sleep because mm -hmm. I think that's right. so normal for people to lay down and all of a sudden they think, oh, I have to do this and I have to do that and oh, I need to remember this and that and all the other things uh, right. and it can disrupt sleep yeah. just in general. So that's a great idea. The increased need to go to the bathroom frequently at night, a common issue in pregnancy, you you had mentioned it earlier, mm -hmm. it's a common issue in pregnancy and um, is very disruptive to sleep in those, usually in the second half, especially the last trimester of pregnancy. And so some strategies are to diminish your fluid intake in the evenings so you just don't have your bladder getting as full overnight and focusing most of your hydration in the morning and afternoon. Unfortunately, that's about all you can do to help with the increased need mm -hmm. to go to the bathroom at night. And then you touched on having leg cramps. Leg cramps are a pretty common experience for women in the late in pregnancy. And some of that is caused from um, lower calcium levels because you and your baby have an increased need for calcium. And so taking Tums, it's just an easy thing that people often have around the house, uh, often for heartburn in pregnancy, and taking a Tums can be helpful. Um, and if you still are having cramps, you should call your doctor to talk about it further. But that's another strategy that can be helpful for getting better sleep. That's good to know. I never would have thought of Tums uh, to help with leg cramps. Yeah. Very interesting. And then what about sleep right. postpartum? Because that can also, of course, be an issue because now your sleep pattern is completely jolted from whatever it was before, even though I do think that your body, as you get towards that later part in your pregnancy and you're up all the time having to use the restroom or reposition yourself or rebuild your fortress around you, I think it's preparing you for all of those uh, ups and downs you're going to be doing once your baby comes home and you're up in the middle of the night and doing all of that. Uh, but 
you still, though, have to find the time to rest, and postpartum sleep can definitely be an issue. Sleep after the baby arrives is very precious. The good news is most people sleep more comfortably when they do have time for sleep, so that's a lovely change from before birth, but the sleep that you do get is very disrupted and um, unpredictable as well. Not only might you be up for nursing, but you might be up for several hours between nursing and changing a diaper and soothing and um, trying to help the baby settle back down to sleep. So how long you're disrupted each time is variable. It's really important to get enough sleep. And so um, when you're anticipating having um, shorter nights due to disruptions, it can be really helpful to make a plan to go to bed as soon as you do that last feeding. So whether that's at mid evening or late evening, going to bed right then is wise. You'll have time to catch up on all the other things over time, but especially in those first few weeks, not worrying about the laundry or having alone time with your partner or getting out the announcements or cleaning your house, letting go of some of those things and maybe delegating many of them can be really helpful because you need to, to use that time to get sleep. And the other thing that's always recommended is to sleep when your baby sleeps during the day. Now, I find that most first-time moms have the hardest time doing this because you're used to managing your whole life in a very different way. And so after the baby arrives, you want to do all those normal things, but you don't need to check your email uh, multiple times a day. You don't need to be on top of social or work-related things. You need sleep. So sleep when the baby sleeps. Now, moms that have at least one or more children at home sometimes have a really hard time sleeping when the baby sleeps because the other children are not sleeping at that time. So there are other strategies to help with that. Yeah, I think that is so important. And just sleep in general, so important uh, for- It is just that day-to-day healthy lifestyle. When it comes to postpartum sleep, you know, there there can be so many other factors into it. Anxiety, you could start to feel, um, you know, a bit of depression if you are losing some of that precious sleep time. Uh, you know, at what point should a mom check in with her doctor? You know, if she's, we all expect to feel tired after having a baby. And we all expect to feel tired just for being a mom regardless of the age of our children. But at one point, should we take a step back, think about ourselves and go, wait a minute, this feeling isn't right. If you're having persistent depressive thoughts, feeling down all the time, having episodes of crying uh, that are sometimes unexplained or um, happening at times you normally wouldn't be so upset, um, or if you're having um, depression or anxious feelings that are keeping you from sleeping, those are all reasons to call your doctor. And of course, if you are having thoughts of harming yourself or anyone else, absolutely call for help immediately. We want to help you and, and your family stay safe. Depression and anxiety are also common in pregnancy, not just postpartum. So it's one of both pregnancy and postpartum are common times for people to have depression, anxiety, and sometimes for the first time, or sometimes worse than they've experienced in the past. And it absolutely is disruptive to sleep because people are often spending their restful time worrying. And 
reaching out to your doctor to talk through strategies uh, and potentially medications would be wise. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can't stress enough just how important sleep is. It's important for baby, it's important for your kids, your whole family. And then, of course, for moms, you got to make sure that you're just getting enough rest. Right. And postpartum sleep, when you, any of us having disrupted sleep, makes us such that we don't have the same emotional reserve. So you take anyone, regardless of having a new baby that you want everything to be perfect for, and they can't tell you exactly what they need, um, but you take anyone and disrupt their sleep like a new mother, and they are going to be um, not in a good place emotionally. So taking that time to take naps during the day to catch up for the sleep you don't get at night, you really want to aim for seven to nine hours. That's the sweet spot for um, the right amount of rest for our brain and bodies. Um, if you're not getting that, uh, you're not helping your emotional state. And if you can't get that, then you should call your doctor for help. Well, we appreciate all of the tips and information. I learn something new every time. So we appreciate your time and uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And that concludes the Baby Your Baby podcast talking about sleep strategies for pregnant moms and new moms. Thanks for joining me, Jade Elliott, and our guest for this week's Baby Your Baby podcast. If you have a topic that you'd like our Baby Your Baby experts to discuss, leave us a comment and don't forget to subscribe. Baby Your Baby is a KUTV2 news podcast and is sponsored by Intermountain Healthcare, Broadway Media, and the Utah Department of Health.